0: Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back here again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day throughout the weekday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Spotify and all of the other podcasting platforms where you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And starting next Monday, you can check me out every single day. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on YouTube. The Locked On Panthers podcast will finally have a visual medium and element to the show. You can go ahead and go to YouTube right now. Go to Locked On Panthers. Search that on YouTube. Now, click on the one that has the blue logo, not the red logo, because the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast is also called Locked On Panthers. So, no, you can support them if you like that. If you live here in Charlotte, remember, the, uh, the checkers are actually the AHL affiliate of the Florida Panthers. So, maybe we actually should be rooting for the Florida Panthers. But we're more concerned about the Carolina Panthers. So, go ahead and go to YouTube right now and subscribe. Click that subscribe button at YouTube. Locked On Panthers coming to you starting next Monday. On YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. You can either at me or DM me at Julian Council, but again, make sure to first follow me there on Twitter at Julian Council so you can get your questions in for the weekly Friday mailbag every single Friday. The Rams won the Super Bowl. Congratulations to them. I'm sorry for getting this show out to you late. I got back from being in Chapel Hill for about the weekend. Got back right around kickoff on Sunday, watched the game, was tired, went to sleep, typically work from home. On Mondays, couldn't do that because the main job is NASCAR. And if you didn't know, the Great American Race at Daytona 500 is going on. It's speed weeks in Daytona. So we're pretty swamped. So I had to go into the office on Monday. But I'm now here giving you the episode late on a Monday afternoon, early evening. So if you get back home now listening to it, I'm happy that you're listening. And that means on Tuesday, if you're by a chance you missed this, you basically get two episodes. So I'm making up uh, for not getting the episode out to you at 3 a.m. Eastern and midnight West Coast time like I do every single day throughout the week. So apologies to that um, or for that. But again, the Los Angeles Rams win the Super Bowl. Congratulations to Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, and everyone there in L.A. that went all in to try and win that Super Bowl. And I give them a lot of credit. And when these things happen, and it was last week, too, throughout Super Bowl week, a lot of teams out there could try to copycat the successful organizations in the NFL and see what they did in order to win a Super Bowl. The Rams have been known to make trades and not worry about first round picks. And you look at what they did with Jalen Ramsey, who didn't have a great game on Sunday night in the Super Bowl, the, the one pass he gave up to Jamar Chase and then the T. Higgins one, which was obviously offensive pass interference, but they didn't throw the flag. It kind of evened out late in the game when they throw the holding call and Logan Wilson late in that game that set up the Rams' touchdown to end up winning that football game. It's it's not great timing, but it bounces out. But you have guys like Jaren Ramsey. You obviously have players like Von Miller, who was fantastic and who's been a nightmare in every single Super Bowl he's played. And we as Panther fans know how that felt back in 2015 in Super Bowl 50 when he turned Mike Rimmers into a turnstile and all the way to Super Bowl MVP and winning a championship that year, and then did it again last night, and also Aaron Donald. So they have these talented players where they focus more on the proven talent opposed to building throughout the draft, and you look at that, and you wonder, oh, could that work here in Carolina? Probably not. I don't think the Carolina Panthers obviously are not to the point where they have proven talent and they're just a quarterback away, which kind of leads to the discussion of Matthew Stafford, where this certainly was a situation where the Rams, all they needed was a quarterback. In order to, for them to win a Super Bowl, a couple of years ago they had Jared Goff helped them get there. But as they got to the game, Jared Goff just didn't get the job done. Of course, they didn't have Cooper Cup in that game. They still had Robert Woods. They had Tyler Higby. They had Brandon Cooks. Just didn't work out. I think Cooks got a concussion in that game. And last night, when you look at the situation that Stafford was placed in, didn't have Robert Woods. Hasn't had him for the last couple of months. Od- Odell Beckham Jr. Tears his ACL. In the second quarter of that game, after getting off to a fantastic start, didn't have Tyler Higby, Kendall Blanton, who filled in as a, as a tight end number one in that game, he ended up hurting his shoulder. And at the end of the day, it was basically just Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup playing catch at the end of that game in order to try and win as you could, as they couldn't depend on guys like Ben Skaronik, and they were going um, to Brad Hopkins, who played for the Tennessee Titans. They're going to his kid uh, late in that game, who was uh, the third-string tight end, probably wouldn't have been active, had – um Tyler Higbee knock on on IR on Saturday just a really impressive performance from Stafford was he great no but really the story of the game it's not Stafford it's Cooper Cup it's that Rams defensive line and the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line not being very good didn't give Joe Burrow a chance they might have been able to get past the Titans a couple weeks ago after giving up nine sacks but I said back then Ryan Tannehill His three turnovers are why you're not going to win that game. And Stafford had two picks last night. One of them was really more of an arm punt, and the field position that they would have lost was given back to them when Vernon Hargraves, who was inactive, undressed, ran out on the field, and they had an unsportsmanlike penalty. And in the other one, you may want to blame the wide receiver, but really Stafford didn't throw a great throw. Neither one of them really killed the Rams last night. And the Bengals, they won the turnover battle, and you would think they'd win that football game But Burrow was as good as he could be in the situation that the Bengals put him in. and They put him in all season long, sacked 19 times uh, throughout the playoffs, which was just, God, that's atrocious. Tom Brady only was sacked 22 times throughout the, uh, the entire season. And Bro got sacked 19 times over the last four or five weeks here in the playoffs. But, yeah, it came down to – the Rams defensive line and that was a conversation the last couple of weeks of what was going to happen could the Rams or could this Bengals defense uh, offensive line be able to stop there or block the Rams defensive line at least in the first quarter in the first half they were able to contain Aaron Donald until they got in a little scuffle uh, in the sideline late in the second half and that's when Aaron Donald really turned it on and went out there and made the game winning play at the end of the game but again Von Miller He was all over the place. Uh, Ernest Jones is a South Carolina linebacker, former linebacker out of South Carolina. He doesn't play defensive line, but I thought he was really good last night. And that's what it came down to. Just not really the quarterbacks, because Stafford was okay. Uh, Burrow was probably a little bit better than Stafford, but still, what was he going to do, considering he was not given much of an opportunity to get away from the pass rush that he had to deal with, especially late in that second half. So a ton of credit to John McVay and the Rams. There's been a lot of talk now that McVay might retire. He dispelled all of that after the post game. Um, then before the game started, there was talk that Aaron Donald would actually retire if they won the Super Bowl. And quite honestly, after eight seasons where he's been a pro bowl every single year, he's been a first team all pro, I think seven times he's been the NFL defensive player of the year, three times. He is now a Super Bowl champion at the age of 30, where he's made a boatload of money. I hope he retires. Screw football. What's the point? The NFL doesn't care about your player safety. They certainly are going to cut you whenever opportunity to get a chance to. Even if he's going to be a Rams legend, and might deserve a statue outside of SoFi Stadium. Get out while you can, while you have your health. You're already got. You have your Super Bowl. You have a gold jacket, and you have your health. Those are the three things you would love to have when you are ending your NFL career. And after eight years love watching Aaron Donald play. I hope I never see Aaron Donald put on another football uniform again because he does not need to especially after he ended his career with that well didn't get a sack on Joe Burrow but forcing him to throw the ball away there late in that game the dude's a legend and I wish we had him him in here. I wish we had him here in Carolina but either way he's been a joy to watch and I hope that was the last time that we ever get to watch him play Matthew Stafford was also a joy to watch over the last couple of weeks as he validated his career there's gonna be conversations now whether Matthew Stafford should be a hall of famer whether he earned his gold jacket after the win last night can't help but wonder what could have been had he come here to Carolina last year and not nixed the idea of coming to Carolina as a Panther starting quarterback we'll get into that conversation here in just a moment Hey y'all, we're midway through February, which means it's that time of the year where you've almost pretty much given up on all of your New Year's resolutions, but we're not going to do that this year. This year, we're going to stick to our resolution of eating right, and thanks to Built Bar, we can do that. And it almost feels like we're not really seeking out and sticking to a resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Built Bar pus? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, every single built bar is covered in 100 chocolate that's right 100 real chocolate on every single built bar they're low calorie high protein replace your candy bars with a healthier option like built bar and built bar is all about the taste they make it taste delicious then figure out how to make it healthy and i don't know how but they pull it off Every single time go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. After 12 mostly miserable years playing up in Detroit, Matthew Stafford is finally a Super Bowl champion in his first year with the Rams. Wins Every single playoff game he played in after never winning a playoff game in his 12 seasons in Detroit. Congratulations to him. Seriously, I've been a fan of Matthew Stafford since he was a freshman at the University of Georgia. Believed in him back when it was him. No Sean Moreno and A.J. Green at Georgia when they were ranked number one to start the season. And that they could win a national championship. And then they wore the black uniforms on a Saturday night and got slapped around by Alabama. And Georgia could not get over that hump until... Just a couple weeks ago, last month, when they won the national championship. And it's really been a great year for the state of Georgia when you look at their sports teams. I'm a Braves fan. To finally see the Braves win another World Series was an awesome moment. The only team I've ever rooted for when it comes to professional teams in North America that's ever won a championship. I'm a Carolina basketball fan, so you can't, don't feel bad for me at all. But my only team that I support that is a pro team in North America that's won a championship. Is the Atlanta Braves. They won in 95. I was, you know, wasn't even a Braves fan back then, but I mean, it was two. And now to win this year was awesome to see that. I mean, I'm a Liverpool guy. They've won plenty of titles, but most of them were obviously before I was even alive. But still, never had a North American sports team I care about win a championship. Maybe one day the Panthers will do it. I would prefer the Hornets to do it, honestly, after all of the uh, pain and suffering that I've gone through as a Hornets fan. But I would, of course, want the Panthers to do it. Maybe uh, the Charlotte Football Club. We'll do it, even though things seem to be kind of a dumpster fire starting off the season there um, as they're still in preseason with that new venture for David Tepper. You you talk about the Braves, they won, the Georgia football, they win after not winning for 41 years. And now Matthew Stafford, who played at the University of Georgia, wins the Super Bowl. So, dogs on top. Congratulations if you're a Georgia fan and a Matthew Stafford fan and, of course, Carolina Panthers fan. Hey, that guy went out there and won. But maybe not if you're a Carolina Panthers fan because I don't think you can not help but wonder what could have been had Matthew Stafford came here to Carolina. Not just this season because if he had he come here this season, I understand why Matthew Stafford decided not to come to Carolina. We talked about it a couple weeks ago when the Rams clinched their berth to the Super Bowl. It was the same day. A year prior where Matthew Stafford said, "Nah, I don't want to go to Carolina. I get it. They need me, but I don't want to go there. Talked to the Rams organization. Didn't make a big stink of it. And I give him a lot of credit for doing that. I'm not going to sit here and shame players for trying to force themselves into a better situation because Odell Beckham Jr. A lot of people like to talk about him, whether he's a good teammate or not. That guy played his ass off the last couple weeks. Did he give maximum effort in New York, the Giants, and Cleveland with the Browns? I don't know. I also don't really care. I enjoy watching Odell play football, and he was awesome last night before he got injured, and he was really awesome in the playoffs, and they desperately needed him. When Bobby Trees went out with that ACL and they bring in Odell Beckham Jr., he filled in to the point where, yes, it was Cooper Cup late in the game, and that's all they had to go to. But they don't get to the Super Bowl, and they don't win the Super Bowl, I don't think, without the contribution of Odell Beckham Jr. So you can talk about him and how how he goes about his business. Same thing with Jalen Ramsey. It worked out for him. He got the hell out of Jacksonville, which is still a complete, again, dumpster fire, goes to Los Angeles, wins the Super Bowl, and is getting paid a bunch of money. And again, lives in L.A. and won a Super Bowl. So Matthew Stafford, when he left Detroit, when he wanted out, he just wanted to play in important games. Like the divisional round game on the road against Tampa. He wanted to play in games like that. The wild card round that they hosted. He wanted to just play in important games. And he finally got the opportunity to do that. And have a good team around him. Now does that mean that Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback? I don't know. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Always have felt that. And it really matters what's around you. And can you elevate the guys around you? Did Matthew Stafford elevate the Los Angeles Rams? Yes and no. He elevated them to the point where they could actually... Hoist the Lombardi trophy. What Jared Groff could not do and what the Rams realized he couldn't do, which is why they traded him away and first round picks um to boot to bring Matthew Stafford to LA in order to win a Super Bowl. So I give him a lot of credit for what he did in that final drive and be able to win and deliver in the situations where they need him to deliver. Like that fourth in the fourth quarter against the 49ers a couple weeks ago. Had to come up big in that game. The throw to Cooper Cup that won the game against Tampa after they had blown that lead and they were awful in that second half, that was a huge play. So I give a ton of credit to Matthew Stafford and having those weapons around him and especially that defense with maybe the best defensive player of this era. I'm not going to say the best defensive player of all time because I've not been watching NFL football my entire life. And eras are different, but Aaron Donald – has to be the best defensive player over the last decade, at least. And maybe over the last 20 years in a National Football League. But it doesn't matter. He's going to get a bust in Canton. And at the end of the day, he's got his ring, health, and a bust in Canton to be in a couple years with Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady. It's going to be a hell of a of a crew of a of a Hall of Fame induction class if Brady actually does retire. He did retire, but apparently there's reports that he might come back. But all that just to say is Stafford was in a great situation in L.A. But what would have happened had he come to Carolina? Had he come to Carolina last year, the offensive line still would have been terrible. We know that. Would have been terrible. But Matthew Stafford is one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League against the Blitz. If you go look at the analytics, he's one of the best against the Blitz. You cannot blitz Matthew Stafford, ask the Buccaneers and Todd Bowles, and think you're going to have success. Because he will burn you, and he's done that consistently throughout his career. And had he been here in Carolina, yes, maybe they would not have faced actual blitz. They might have only faced, you know, the same kind of pressures that they dealt with throughout the season that the offensive line couldn't take care of. But we know that Matthew Stafford can handle pressure, which we knew coming to the year, at least folks that wanted to listen, that Sam Darnold could not do that. The Panthers obviously would have been in a much better position this past season had Matthew Stafford been their quarterback. Would they have been a playoff team? I think it's hard to say. Going into last year, the defense needed to get better. We did not expect the Carolina Panthers to have a top five defense this past year. We had the conversations, at least on this podcast, about could this be a top 10 unit? And we felt like by the end of the season, they could be. We didn't think that off the jump that they would be, even if they did struggle against the run in certain situations. And then later on in the season against the pass as the attrition of the season, losing a bunch of corners like Dante Jackson and Stephon Gilmore. And of course, J.C. Horn earlier in the year kind of had a toll on on the team, but still, we didn't expect them to be that good. And now looking at things had with that defense and with Stafford and McCaffrey not being around would not have helped. And you saw last night, he had no rushing game. Cam Akers missed the entire season and came back from the playoffs and did not look good. Great story for Cam Akers, getting back, getting an opportunity to actually be a contributor for this football team. But man, didn't really do a lot for them, especially last night as the Bengals were awesome up front and stopping the run. Um, against the Rams and really forcing Stafford to go out there and make plays, and Stafford made the plays. So you think about the situation, no McCaffrey, really only one wide receiver you can rely on, and DJ Moore, and he probably would have elevated Robbie Anderson this year. I absolutely believe that, but Robbie's got to prove it going into next season, no matter who the quarterback is, that he was worthy of the extension, even though it's likely going to be his last year in Carolina, just kind of reading the tea leaves of how things have worked out and just looking at how he played last year. He's going to need a really big bounce back to expect him to be back again here in 2023, as this team continues to build, and also going to wonder who the head coach is going to be. But yeah, Matthew Stafford is here last year. I don't know if they're a playoff team. They probably would have been a playoff team because things just fell apart at the end, just especially with the quarterback play and having to go back to Cam and then with P.J. Walker in there. I mean, they won that game, but still just the musical chairs that was happening and then bringing back Darnold at the end of the season, you have to imagine the Carolina Panthers able to win like three more games last season if they were able to have Matthew Stafford on this roster. But more so, the what could have been is, okay, you have Stafford on the roster, and then you have the defense that you have. Hopefully, you can bring back some of these free agents. Then hopefully, Christian McCaffrey can be healthy, and then you can fix the offensive line, and it would make things maybe a little bit more attractive for Look at the offensive court. I mean, Joe Brady might still be here. Joe Brady might be a head coach had Matthew Stafford come to Carolina. Again, I don't blame him. Everything's worked out for him and his family to have gone to L.A. and now to have won a Super Bowl. But you can't just help one, but wonder what it could have been had Matthew Stafford come came here to Carolina. I don't think Matt Rule's on the hot seat. Joe Brady is either still here or he's a head coach somewhere. And I get it, the disconnect there with him and Rule. The thing is, they brought in Darnold to be a pass-happy offense, and Sam Darnold could not do that. But Matthew Stafford, who has proven throughout his career, he can do that. And then you give him a running game, which he never really had in Detroit, Christian McCaffrey, who, again, has to stay healthy. The Panthers, and looking at the outlook at the NFC, they could have been a really good spot, especially going into next season, where traditionally Rule has that third-year jump to win the division where Saints don't have a quarterback. Matt Ryan's at the end of his career. Bucks just had Tom Brady retire. It would have been a no doubter that the Carolina Panthers would be taking over the NFC South in 2022. But instead, got to find a quarterback, got to find an offensive line, and got to hopefully sign and retain some of these key free agents over the next couple weeks. So that's where we're at. And speaking of offensive line, we talked about it in the first segment. The key to that game Was the Bengals inability to block the Rams, which means that's going to be a priority for the Bengals this offseason to fix their offensive line. That's also a priority for the Carolina Panthers, which might possibly complicate the Panthers ability to do that. We'll get into that here in just a moment. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. For listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps or have family and friends you might have, I wanted to notify you about an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps-based Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed of updates and resources available to them. If you or somebody you know may have been Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering for the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil/clwater. That's www.marines.mil/clwater. This was already a conversation I had planned on having with y'all today when looking at the state of the. Cincinnati Bengals O-line that gave up 19 sacks. And again, we talked about this before. Sacks are not solely an offensive line stat. Quarterbacks have to get rid of the football. We see that here in Carolina. And there was obviously certain times in the game last night and throughout the season the last couple weeks where Joe Burrow could have gotten rid of the football. Like, getting sacked nine times. I get your O-line stinks, but come on. Like, that should not happen under any circumstance. The quarterback's got to help the O-line out. But I'm not sitting here and trying to blame Joe Burrow for anything. Because those guys did not give him a chance at all. A lot of times, especially in the second half of that game last night. And that's why the Cincinnati Bengals are flying back to the fake Queen City. Which they deserve to lose. I, I had people ask me, who are you going to root for? I was like, I can't root for the Bengals. They live in a city that calls themselves the Queen City. And they live in a state that claims to be the birthplace of aviation. Sorry, Charlotte's the Queen City. North Carolina's first in flight. I don't want to hear any of this stuff, Ohio. Even though I have friends who are Bengals fans, one of my best friends went to the game on Sunday, and you know he had a great time, got to go for free. Like I don't feel bad for the guy at all. He also let me crash at this place this weekend in Chapel Hill. So again, happy for him that he got the opportunity. I've been to Super Bowl before. Went to Super Bowl thirty-eight when we lost to the Patriots. I mean, I was ten at the time. I didn't cry afterwards. I don't even think I understood just how big of a deal it was. I got to go to a Super Bowl, and now I look at it, just seeing how economically, how expensive it is to go to a Super Bowl. But, like, dang. But back to the actual conversation we're starting to have here. The Bengals' offensive line stinks. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Let's keep it a buck. They stink. They're worse than the Panthers' offensive line, y'all. They are bad. Panthers' line's not good. We know that. We recognize that the Panthers O-line is not good. Having Taylor Moten, you love that. You think that Brady Christensen can be something moving forward. Fingers crossed Deontay Brown. Elf line might be the center next year, and I don't love the prospect of that, but he's better at center than he was at left guard. So the Panthers O-line at least has some sort of foundation to try and build upon as they head into free agency and into the draft. And I want them to settle this in free agency and not to leave this massive crater, because <laughs> it is a crater, um, heading into the draft in April. Like I want to have veterans here, and I know it doesn't always work. And the best way to build your team, typically, especially on the offensive line, is through is through the draft. But you can't always rely on guys, especially young guys, to go out there and play well. Because there's yes, there's examples of uh, what you saw last year with Rashawn Slater, who came Pro Bowl. We also have examples of Andrew Thomas, who was a surefire bet there at left tackle. And he hasn't been very good for the New York Giants. And same thing with Mike Mekhi Becton for the New York Jets. You think, oh, these guys are obviously going to be great. There's bust potential everywhere with every single player, which is why the Rams don't really worry about first-round picks. And they just go out there and get proven players, which I respect what they do there. But the offensive line is a situation in a position where the Bengals are going to want to fix that. Look at Kansas City last year when they lost their two tackles. Uh, going to the Super Bowl with Eric Fisher being out and with uh, Mitch uh, Mitch Schwartz being out. And you also factor in that they had the doctor, uh, Laurent DuVernay-Tardif, who had opted out of the season to go work at the hospital that he uh, works at in Canada in the offseason. He left, and then his replacement got injured throughout the se- in the, during the season. So they were banged up going into that Super Bowl, and that's why they lost it because def- defensive lines win in football, y'all. Quarterbacks are important. But if you have a D-line that can get after them and your O-line can't block, it doesn't really matter. So that's what won the last two Super Bowls. The defensive line pressure and offensive lines that could not block. It was injury-related last year with the Kansas City Chiefs. This year, it was just a bad offensive line unit for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that will be a priority for them throughout the offseason. Kansas City last year looked at what happened. They traded for Orlando Brown Jr., who's either going to get franchise tag or get the bag this offseason. They also were able to sign... Oh god, I can't remember that guy He played for I think he played for the, the for the Patriots. By the way, they signed, they signed somebody else, They signed someone else for the Patriots. They were able to draft Trey Smith who y'all like to bring up all the time. Like they invested heavily on the offensive line and it got better. Now they didn't get back to the Super Bowl. They should have got to the Super Bowl had Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes made better decisions there right before the half against Cincinnati at home a couple weeks ago, but they didn't get there, and I think if they hadn't gotten there, maybe they win a the Super Bowl and they have two out of the last three, but they didn't. It's hard to win a Super Bowl, but they did all the right things in order to win the division and put themselves in a position to win a Super Bowl again, and the Cincinnati Bengals, if they want to be back here in a situation, have to do that because you look at the Bengals really, they're kind of just an average team. Like They won the division this year. Because Pittsburgh, Big Ben on his last leg. The Browns, Baker, he's injured the whole season. They have all the controversy there. And then Lamar was out for the last five weeks of the season in Baltimore. And they took advantage of that. Like, are they going to be able to take advantage of the NFC North moving forward? Because Mike Tomlin, he's still going to be there in Pittsburgh. And that man does not know how to lose in the National Football League. And John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson are still going to be there in Baltimore. And they've shown that they know how to win football games. Haven't got to the ultimate prize yet with Lamar, but they are going to be a consistent team. And I am still on the Baker Mayfield train somewhat. Like, I don't think he's a bum. Does he deserve $30, $40 million a year to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns? Probably not. And are they going to upgrade from him? We'll be seeing how the Browns have dealt with quarterbacks in the past. But O-line is a something that every team in the National Football League needs. And every team looks at their situation and would love to upgrade. Like, there's probably six or seven teams out of the 32 who love their O-line situation, while everyone else is like, we got to be better on the offensive line. And you look at Kansas City. Of course, players would want to go to Kansas City and play with Patrick Mahomes. Of course, they would want to go there in free agency and they would want to get traded there. With Cincinnati, you look at Joe Burrow. Absolutely you want to play for that guy. Play with that guy because you know you have an opportunity to potentially win. In Carolina, who are you even protecting? Like the supply for O Lyman does not meet the demand. It's simple economics. And when you take that into account and you have to get the cap space and Cincinnati has the cap space to try and address that need and the cap is a myth and all that kind of stuff and you can finagle it and push money down the road and all that, but still, like eventually, you're going to have to fit all those pieces in and you're going to have to hope that you can maintain five solid players on a line and fit that all in the cap while still having a quarterback and being able to have weapons for that quarterback and be able to have the edge rushers and have the top line corners. It's. It's a balancing act in the National Football League. and I believe in Scott Fitter's ability to do that and to tip the scales in the right way for the Carolina Panthers. But it's not as simple as them addressing and saying to us that they need to fix the offensive line because they're not the only team that wants to do that. So when you look at that sixth pick, Man, it seems very important that they take an offensive lineman opposed to trying to chase the next quarterback who might not even be the answer long term here in Carolina. The hope is obviously you draft the quarterback there at six, whether it's Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett that he is. But man, that's a really good opportunity to get an offensive lineman and something that they have not done since 2008 when they drafted Jeff Otah. Didn't work out then. Hopefully it'll work out now. But it's not as simple as Carolina Panthers need to go get there, go out and get offensive lineman and that that will be fixed. Like. Voila, no. A lot of teams out there want to do it, and there's teams out there like the Cincinnati Bengals who just proved that if they might have had one, they probably are are hoisting the Lombardi Trophy and they're being doused in skyline chili and having a big old parade in Cincinnati later on this week. So as much as I want the Carolina Panthers and hope that they can fix the offensive line, it ain't just that simple, folks. The players get a chance to choose in free agency, and they also can force their way out via trades and have the places they want to go, and as Carolina of destination that some of these offensive linemen want to go, we will see. All right, that wraps up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host again, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, five stars only, please. And also follow us on Spotify and all of the other major podcasting platforms. And also, starting next monday we're gonna be on youtube we already have the page available there on youtube so go search locked on panthers the blue one you know the color of the team click on that click subscribe so starting next monday you will be able to watch me my beautiful face julian council and listen to the show every single monday through friday so go ahead and subscribe to the show on youtube locked on panthers also, follow me on Twitter, at JulianCouncil, where every single Friday, answer your weekly Friday mailback questions. Get those questions into me now by either adding me or DMing me at JulianCouncil. But again, first, click the follow button, at JulianCouncil there on Twitter. In the meantime, y'all take care. Happy Valentine's Day. Guys, I really hope you didn't drop the ball. Please tell me you didn't drop the ball. And ladies, take your, well, I don't want to say that. Ladies, enjoy it. Goodbye.